This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. What's up, faithful? It's another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I am joined, as always, by the legendary Al Sacco, and we are very excited to have our guest host here today with us to break down uh, not only the uh, the Cardinals game, but just the, the 49ers in general of the 49 Carats Podcast, of the Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Network. We have the one, the only, Steph Sanchez. Steph, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited. Absolutely. Steph, the pleasure is ours. Steph, I'm I'm excited to have you on. So we really like to have other content creators who we respect and we think are doing a great job come and co-host with us. And I think you've been absolutely killing it. We wanted to get you on here and talk some Niners with you. But I got to ask you, you know, for the fans who may not be familiar with you yet, talk a little bit about you. And I mean, you got to be a certain kind of crazy to want to do this. <laughs> um, like us, I think, I don't know, we're not somehow to want to keep doing this and keep coming back for whatever reason, but how did you get started? What made you want to start doing content? Um, yeah, you know, I, it ne- never would have really crossed my mind before I was mostly just like a fan. I did run like a 49ers fan account, like back in the day, like maybe 10 plus years ago, I did like the 49ers hub. So if you're familiar with Twitter and 49ers hub on, on Twitter, like I started that. Um, but then it it became too much, right? Like for, for the reasons you say, you know, you gotta be some kind of crazy. It does take up a lot of time to, um, you know, create content and be on Twitter all day. I'm still on Twitter all day, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but, um, you know, now, (laughs) you know, I kind of just was starting to consume it more than I was like creating it for a while. Yeah. And then um, Javier Vega, you guys probably know if you, again, if you're on Javi. Twitter, um, yeah, Javi's the man. So he, he started like a website, it was called 49ers Goldmine. And, you know, he recruited a few other people who, you know, maybe were just starting out or maybe just had like a presence on, you know, 49ers Twitter at the time. And so 
I guess I was one of those people that he, you know, felt would be good to start a podcast. And so it was me and it was uh, Angie and Angie's now with, uh, yeah, you know, NBC. So she's, she's mm-hmm. right in there. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, and so we started that podcast, 49 Carrots. And then, you know, really, I, I knew nothing about podcasting and I honestly thought I was terrible at it to start. Um, I feel like I've <laughs> I've gotten better at it with time. Uh, so that's not something I, I shy away from saying. I'm pretty open and saying like, man, I don't think I'm I'm that good. But, you know, it, I actually don't things. think I'm good either. So don't feel bad. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought mean, I was a like, good a good writer. But I, I with the podcast yeah. stuff, it's never really felt natural for me. Yeah, like I'm I was kind of I call myself like a recovering introvert. <laughs> so like I I'm kind of shy awesome. and I don't I'm not often the person that's like talking a whole lot, but like I've got I guess like over time like I've I've gotten used to it. So it's good. But yeah, no people don't understand how much work goes into creating content mm-hmm. and doing these podcasts and and all this stuff and running to YouTube. Like it's it's so much work. I don't think I knew how much work it was like going into it. Um, had I known, I don't know if I would have done it, but like now that I do it, like it is fun and you know, I, I get to, I feel like I've met a lot of great 49er fans and other great content creators such as you guys. And you know, it, it's, it's been an awesome experience for me. So happy to do it. Yeah. That 49ers gold mine, you know, it, it was you guys, it was you and Angie with 49 carrots. It was splash cousin, Jordan Elliott, who's now with Angie at, <laughs> yeah. at, uh, NBC or what is it NBC sports bay area uh aponte who you do bully ball podcast with so Mm -hmm. yeah uh avi definitely had an eye for talent that's for sure and and uh he wasn't wrong with you so again thank you for for joining us and and really kind of breaking this breaking down this this cardinals game coming up and you know honestly what i appreciate is um if you guys don't follow steph make sure you do uh at steph 49k on twitter uh, because she puts out lots and lots of good nuggets. And and that's one of the things that I've seen this week is um, you've kind of highlighted a lot of things that 49er fans should be looking for in this contest. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting matchup because this is a team that everybody, let's be perfectly honest, everybody shit on this team uh, <laughs> getting into the season. And to be perfectly honest, probably rightfully so not a lot of talent on the team. Uh, that Jonathan Gannon video of meeting the, the players for the first time was all sorts of levels of cringe, you know, Michael Scott levels of cringe, if we're being perfectly honest. And there just wasn't a lot to expect. And then they go out and they beat the Dallas Cowboys in week three uh, against, you know, all odds, if you will. And so I, honestly, I think it was probably the best thing for the 49ers because it probably made them sit up and take notice and, what could have been a trap game looking to that week five matchup against the Cowboys now all of a sudden becomes uh, more of a, an important game for them. And granted it is a, a division game. So I don't know that they would have overlooked it too much, but you know what, <clears throat> let's start with the offensive side of the ball. What is it that you're looking for when the 49ers have the ball? Um, for one, I'm going to be looking to see if Debo's out there, right? I mean, as it stands, we're recording this uh, Thursday afternoon, and it looked like he didn't practice today. So um, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I don't know if I'll say concerned, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on in this game if he's not out there. Other guys are going to need to step up, right? I'm looking at George Kittle, and I'm looking at Brandon Ayuk, who's coming off 
you know, a game that he didn't play uh, on Thursday night. So I, I do actually think this could be a big game for both of those guys. And, you know, funny enough, we've seen both of those guys have big games against Arizona before. Each of them had two touchdown games against Arizona last year. Kittle had two touchdowns in both games. So I, I think, you know, he's he's had some great matchups uh, with them in the past. And I'm also looking at Christian McCaffrey because I, I think with how, you know, the Cardinals have defended against the run so far, uh, I think this could be a big uh, game for Christian McCaffrey. They've allowed a running back to score a receiving touchdown in each of their first three games. And not only that, but they're sixth in yards allowed per game on the ground. So this could be a big game for him. And I think it should be, especially like if someone like Debo's out, right? You're going to lean on someone like McCaffrey a little bit more. I actually do tend to believe that the Cardinals are better on offense than they are on defense, you know, despite Gannon being right now a more, you know, defensively minded coach. But I think that most of their talent right now is on the offensive side of the ball. So keep them off the field, um, sustain long drives. The best way to do that is, you know, pound the ball. Steph bringing the stats. I love it. I love it. I got all my notes here and she's just rattling off the stuff I got in my notes. I love it. The four touchdowns, I was ready to go with that. It's good stuff, man. <laughs> You're right with Kittle. Kittle had some big games against the Cardinals last year. The Niners in both both contests last year put up 38 on Arizona. It was 38 to 10 in week 11, which was the Mexico City game. Jimmy was 20 to 29 for 228 and four scores, and it was BA and, and Kittle caught both of those. And then in the last game of the season, uh, they beat him 38 to 13. Purdy was 15 to 20 for a buck 78 and three three TDs. And Kittle had two of those. So they had they had a pretty easy time with the Cardinals last year. Steph, I'm I'm like I'm naturally a pessimist. Like I can find something wrong with everything and I worry about a lot, and especially when it comes to my favorite teams, right? So with the Niners, I could always find a reason where this can go wrong or that can go wrong. And like you said, Debo's out and uh Juan Jennings didn't practice today either. This year is the complete opposite for me. I, I am more positive about this team than I think I ever have. I think they're absolutely loaded. Most teams in the league, not all, but most teams, I think, have to play their A-plus game for four quarters to beat the Niners. And you saw it with the Rams. I thought they played really well for most of the game, but eventually the Niners just wear you down. It's just There's just not enough talent on the other side of the ball. How do you feel about the team this year so far? Do you, do you feel like they're better than they've been? Because we've seen them struggle early in the season, and this could be a trap game in previous years. Do you still see that, or do you think that they're that good this year where, where maybe they're just too good to fall into the trap? Well, they're they're uh, 3-0, and they've scored 30 points in each of their games, right? So I'd say things are going pretty well. But at the same time, I'd also say I think this is their slow start. Like, honestly, like if you watch what they're doing and you see what they were doing at the end of last season when they went on that big run um, – I, I don't think they're quite there yet. And I think Kyle Shanahan's, you know, shared the same sentiment when he spoke with the media earlier this week. And also when they went three, you know, and beat the giants, a lot of the players were kind of saying the same thing. Like, you know, we, we feel like we could be better. We felt like we left points on the field. All those things are true. Right. So despite them, you know, on, on paper doing all these things and looking as good as they have, they could be even better. So, um, yeah, I, I do have like a very positive outlook for this team right now. Um, and I, I do think they're going to hit a stride where it, 
they're going to be really, really tough to beat if all other things go well, too. I'm looking at health. So far, health has been great. Going to knock on wood, but it's it's been great so far, and that's been a huge part of all this success thus far. Um, you know, but also I, I think Brock Purdy has been able to take this offense to another level that we haven't, you know, really seen, um, you know, when Jimmy Garoppolo was was the quarterback, right? I think we're also seeing Kyle Shanahan trust a quarterback. <laughs> and I don't think we've seen that really uh, since he's been the head coach in San Francisco. So I think all of those are really great developments and there's plenty of reason to feel very optimistic about the direction of this team. And I don't blame Jed York one bit for getting those contract extension extensions done uh, before the season even started. We talked about slow starts. Uh, I saw this stat on Twitter. Some guy named Al Sacco tweeted it out uh, earlier today. <laughs> That nice. uh, this weekend, the 49ers can become the first team since the 2012. Now, Al's tweet says 2012, 2023, but I know what he meant was oh. 2013. 2012, 2013 Broncos to score 30 plus points in seven consecutive regular season games. Even with Debo out, especially if Ayuk comes back and even if Jennings is out, we saw what Ronnie Bell did uh, in, re in replacement of, of Ayuk. I, I just don't see how this team doesn't score 30 points again. And it's, I know it's, I know it's wild to think, but I mean, outside of, outside of, you know, the, the Dallas defense, which got absolutely torched on the ground against the Cardinals uh, last weekend, but I don't see many defenses who will be able to hold this team under 30 points. You know, this team can hold themselves under 30 points, but I don't see many other teams doing it. And, you know, Brandon Ayuk will be back even if Debo is out. Brandon Ayuk is the second highest graded receiver thus far this season on PFF behind only Tyreek Hill at 91.4, which is an absolute elite grade. And, you know, uh, again, a testament to Ayuk's first two games. Even if Debo is out, I just, again, I think Ayuk can absolutely feast against this Cardinals defense. And not only that, but another thing that I thought was interesting, uh, we talked about him earlier, uh, our buddy Javi. Uh, Javi tweeted out uh, a PFF. It was like um, PFF does this graphic where you can, you can it's almost like a, an alignment, right? And you just put the players, the starters on each team. And the, the Cardinals have a, a starter at linebacker. Um, and it's the they run kind of that three, four hybrid. It's the strong inside linebacker, but uh, his current grade right now in coverage is 21.4. I think that's a guy that Kyle Shanahan has circled. And I would imagine Christian McCaffrey is absolutely going to eat that dude's lunch. So again, another way that, that this 49ers team is, you know, just, just, it's just, you're, you're outclassing your opponents when you step off the bus with the roster that they put together. And just like Al and just like you, I, I just can't help but be incredibly, incredibly positive about this team and about their prospects for the season. And we say this every time with this team, health permitting. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say uh, one thing. Like, PFF is weird because, like, yeah, he's he's on there. But I, I looked at, um, like, his, his profile on PFF, and he only started that week one game. Uh, as I understand, I think he – is he hasn't been practicing um so i don't know if he's even gonna play 
whether, you know, maybe the guy behind him is worse, maybe he's slightly better. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely. I think Kyle in any case was watching that game against the Cowboys big time because your next two opponents in one game. Great. Like let's kill two birds with one stone. Um, you know, no pun intended. Right. But yeah, I think, you know, Kyle's definitely looking at those matchups and let's not forget like on defense, uh, a lot of what they're doing is, is the same things he had prepared for, for the NFC championship game, because Gannon's mm -hmm. running pretty much the same kind of scheme. So, and we never really got to see what Kyle was going to cook up in that game because Brock Purdy, you know, went out of the game so early. So I really do feel like there's some unexercised demons for, for Kyle Shanahan in this one that he's going to try to exercise him and Brock, I think are going to, you know, try to finish what they had started in that game uh, in a way in, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they had planned. I, I think they'll have a good game plan on offense and, uh, one thing that people like brought up to me, not to, you know, segue into the defense, but, you know, I just mentioned this, like Steve Wilkes had a lawsuit against the Cardinals as well. So he has maybe a, a bit of a chip on his shoulder going into this one, too. Uh, I think there's extra juice, not just the fact that, you know, the Cardinals just beat the Cowboys. And obviously, like you can't sleepwalk into this game, but there's some extra juice in this matchup on both sides of the ball for the 49ers that I think bodes well uh, for their chances winning this game. As I say, is Kyle going to try and match his buddy Mike and put up 70 this weekend? How awesome <laughs> would that be? Man, that group chat, you know, they probably have a group chat. Like that, oh, that group sure. chat was probably lit after fire. that game. Like, oh my Absolute God. Absolute fire. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So I want to go back to what you said about Purdy, though, Stephanie, because you mentioned the trust that Kyle has in him. And, and part of the reason he trusts him is, is the, the way that he plays with poise. And some of the numbers that stuck out to me recently that I looked at, his QB rating right now is 106.3, which is fourth, fourth in the NFL. His QBR is 78.8, which is second, only two is higher. He obviously is tied for the league lead in interception percentage because he hasn't thrown one yet. So that's zero. Yards per attempt is 8.1. That's second. And yards per completion is 12.1, which is third. Those are high-end numbers. And he's doing – we saw how much the Giants blitzed him. We saw how he – he started out a little rough, but then he adjusted to it. And you can just see – I was watching Dan Orlovsky today, and he was talking about warm reads versus hot reads. So when it's warm and Purdy just has to kind of slide a little bit, he knows enough to feel the rush and just slide to the left and make the throw. When he's got to make a hot read, he knows just to get rid of the, that he needs to get rid of the ball. He's just very smart and he's wise behind beyond his ears and his years. 
And it's one of the reasons why the Niners, they have a 13 game winning streak right now. It's the second longest in franchise history. They won 15 games in a row from week 12 of 1989 through week 10 of 1990. So Kyle is just calling games and approaching games and being aggressive in a way that we haven't seen, because like you said, he trusts his quarterback. And I don't know how many people are watching what's going on in Oakland right now, but if we're in Las Vegas, but if you see the way Jimmy Garoppolo is playing, six interceptions already. <laughs> Throwing the ball over the middle and getting picked. Kind of just chucking the ball off his back foot. These are reasons that Kyle sort of held held what he wanted to do on offense back because he, he was afraid of those things. And you can see now the way he's calling games. He's not afraid anymore. Yeah. Mike, or I, mean, I say Josh, I say you can tell Josh McDaniels does not trust uh, Jimmy Garoppolo based already? on the fact that he, based that he, based on the fact that he kicked a field goal down eight with less than three minutes left in the game. You're like, that you couldn't scream. Word. I don't trust you more than making that decision. Yeah. And people, you know, there people were fans of Garoppolo and people would, would, you know, jump to his defense. And he's certainly, again, he's, he's not one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He's a starting quarterback in the league. I, I, I do believe that, but he was limiting to this offense. And I think if you see the way that the offense is running now and the fact that they're just going 30, 30, 30, and yes, McCaffrey has a lot to do with it. I understand that, but so does the quarterback play. And I, I just think it's made all the difference in the world so far. Yeah, I agree. It's raised the ceiling of this offense because I think he, he looks at the offense uh, like the same way that Kyle does. And I think they understand what's going on out there, like very similarly. And I think that's all like Kyle really felt he needed. Right. And yeah, I think we are seeing the differences uh, between both of those guys. Um, like as far as like limitations go, maybe they are similar in that aspect, but I would say that the reason that, Brock Purdy is able to raise the bar just a little bit more is because he's so much smarter and like, that's no slight to Jimmy, but I think what we've seen so far is that his football IQ is so high. Like you were just mentioning like the blitz and, and knowing when you're hot and being able to get the ball out. Not only like, is he getting the ball out because sure. Any, any quarterback can just chuck it up and like, you know, you know, pray to the gods that it lands to your receiver's hands. He knows where he's going with the football when he, when he gets out of it. So when he gets it off so quickly, he knows where guys are going to be. Um, it's not just like a one read and throw kind of thing. He goes through his progressions. He's looking downfield. Um, and so it, it's a accumulation, I think of all these little things that he does better than Jimmy Garoppolo that I think have been able to just raise the ceiling of this offense as high as it has. I mean, we, we can't ignore the fact that, having a guy like Christian McCaffrey also helps in this equation. Like it certainly mm -hmm. does. And you know, all these playmakers, but I, I still like that doesn't take away anything of what Brock has been doing. And I think he's just going to continue to get better because we gotta, we gotta remember he hasn't even played like double, double digit games yet. Like how many games has he played so far? Like I'm like he trying has, to count. Man, I'm not I think he's nine regular season, right? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, season, two playoffs and a anyway, three so maybe yeah, so there you go. He is he is double digits, but still, yeah. like that's that's not a lot of time. Um, and I think we saw right off the bat when he came off of the bench in that Miami game last season, and he performed the way that he did. I think right away you knew, okay, this guy, this guy's gonna be all right. He's gonna be able to handle this. And um, also, I think the biggest thing too is like he can learn on the fly. I think. Yeah, we saw him start slow 
in that game against the Giants. We've seen him start slow in other games too. I think about the game against the Raiders last year and against the Bucks as well. Um, you know, slow starts for him, but he's able to change and make adjustments in game. You're not waiting till the Monday after the game to say like, all right, here's what you did wrong. And you do this, you fix this next week. No, I, I, I truly think he's looking at everything that, you know, the defense is doing in game and he's making those adjustments on the fly. So I think like, that's another thing. And, and that's why despite being blitzed, you know, nearly 80% or 85% of the time, whatever it was, um, Kyle Shanahan said, you're still going to throw the ball 37 times. Like that tells you just the trust that he has in Brock, that he's going to figure it out. And, you know, I, I think it, it works for this team. So I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, what this offense is able to do for a full season with, uh, Brock leading the way. Let's go ahead and transition over to the defensive side of the ball because it's a pretty awesome defense as well. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is a quote from Steve Wilkes came out. I don't know if it was yesterday or today, uh, but the quote was, this is the best defense that he has ever been a part of. And it's not just because they're ultra talented. He said, there's a lot of teams or a lot of defenses that have a lot of talent in this league, but this defense in particular is such a stickler for the details that it's what makes this defense so good. And one of the things that I think is interesting is, you know, this defense has a, let's call it a reputation for struggling with mobile quarterbacks or the quarterback run game. And, you know, uh, Jack Hammer, who we've had on before, uh, tweeted today, and I thought this was really good insight. He said, this Cardinals game is going to be a bit of an insight into what it's going to be like when the 49ers play the Eagles later this year in that the Cardinals have the same defensive structure and offensive philosophy that the Eagles have, which makes sense because Jonathan Gannon came from the Eagles after last year. And Josh Dobbs has done a bit of running. Um, they've, they've, they've had some designed runs for him um, and he's been ultra efficient when he throws the ball. One of the stats that I thought was interesting. Um, and in fact, I saw the stat from you in a Mark Adams article on the 49ers web zone, he quoted you um, about how Dobbs uh, is last in the NFL in pass attempts, but I believe he is third in efficiency rating or something along those lines. Um, what, what do you think is going to be the key in defending? And I, it, this almost sounds like a joke, but what is going to be the key in defending this Josh Dobbs led <laughs> Cardinals offense? It's not a joke at all. Like I, they, they look good. Like he, he is, he's done a pretty good job. And so again, credit to Jonathan Gannon and, you know, I don't know who their offensive coordinator is, but they're That's doing the a pretty thing. good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they, again, like they had the talent, they, uh, much of this talent was on the team last year and, you know, Cliff Kingsbury for whatever reason, couldn't really do anything with it. Uh, and so we're seeing now finally, like they're playing to their talent level, but anyway, um, yeah, I think the key to stopping Joshua Dobbs is stopping James Conner like that. It's as simple as that. And like in, in all three games that they've played, they've had success running the football with James Conner. And so what is it going to look like when James Conner, you know, isn't as effective running the football and 
Dobbs is going to be forced to throw. Well, so far when Dobbs has had to throw, he's had complementary football to work with where, you know, the run being successful is opening things up for the pass, especially when they're running the zone read. And if that's successful, that's enough to make any defense hesitant. That's going to make other things easier. So really like the, the best thing that this defense could do is stop James Conner. And it's not even just James Conner. You have to stop, you know, Dobbs from running too. And you also have to stop Rondell Moore, who they're now deploying out of the backfield too. And he's a speedster. He burned the the Cowboys last week quite a bit. So I, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. It's more than just like one guy on offense that you have to account for and stopping the run. Um, and also I think it's going to take all, 11 guys on defense uh, for the 49ers to stop it. Right. Um, But if they can do that, it's going to be a good like domino effect. I think uh, in the 49ers defense's favor, on the other hand, if you're not able to stop the run and they're successful in that, it's going to be a domino effect in the opposite direction. It's going to favor the Cardinals. So that's the slippery slope here. And yeah, first and foremost, they have to stop, um, Connor and let's see what Dobbs can do when he's forced to throw the football a ton. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was to say, hold on, before you jump in, uh, I looked it up. Drew Petzing is the offensive coordinator yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I looked it up, too. Yeah. He was, cool. he was never, with never Cleveland. Never heard of that guy. Right. I think this is his first time in the NFL calling plays, but he was the uh, he was the Browns quarterbacks coach last season. He was the tight ends coach in Cleveland before that. He spent a lot of time in Minnesota. Um, but, yeah, that is, again, who? But, hey. Kudos They're to him because he's job. he's yeah, done they're... he's done a great job so far. Who had that on the bingo card that we'd be talking about? The Niners had to stop Drew, the Drew Penzig offense in, in Week Three for the Cardinals. Right. I mean, who would who would have even thought that in a million years? And they're listen, they're really close to being three and zero. They were up on the Giants, whatever it was, twenty eight nothing or or twenty one nothing, and they blew that. They only lost to the to the Commanders twenty to sixteen, and then they have that upset with the Cowboys. Crazy to even think because we thought this team was tanking and just trying to play for Caleb Williams and, and they were going to maybe win two or three games the whole season and, and for them to come out and play this way. And Steph, you were talking about that running game and you look at the numbers, James Conner, 51 attempts for 266 yards. He is just a steady, he's probably the most, you know, he's not exciting, but he's just a steady kind of guy. He just always gets the job done. And then Joshua Dobbs has 12 carries for, for 93 yards. That's 7.8 yards per attempt. And, and Rondale Moore, like you mentioned, five for 66, that's 13.2. So yeah, all they have to do is is bust a couple of those big runs, and it could be a close game, maybe going into half. You know, you never know. The ball bounces a certain way. The biggest thing with the Niners is they've only turned the ball over what once in three games. So I think as long as they can continue to do that, they're going to be in good shape. I I still see Cardinals are a great story. They're going to win more games than we anticipated that they were going to this year. They're going to be a pesky team all season. Again, I just I just don't think the talent level is there to tame with the 49ers at home. And the 49ers coming off sort of a mini buy. 
with that Thursday night game. They're going to be, they do have some injuries, but for the most part, the team's going to be rested. Bosa talked about, he finally feels like he's in football shape now. He just mentioned that this week. So it's, it's hard for me to, <laughs> I want to give the Cardinals their, you know, their credit and their due, but it's, it's hard for me to get too nervous about this game. One of the things yeah, that I've, so. I would say one of the things that I've liked with Steve Wilkes that he brought, right? Cause one of the things that we talked about is what is Steve Wilkes going to bring? And, and he has a lot of, he has a lot of experience coaching secondary. So we thought, Hey, you know, maybe some of the coverages will change. He, he's, he was very hands-on with the DBs in, in training camp. Um, I know you were there at least a, a few times. The, the one time that I got to see a practice in training camp, I, I saw him working with Moody Ward one-on-one, Diamador Lenore one-on-one. So he does, he does have his eye on that, on that group. But one of the things that they've rolled out and it's, it has been, it, it has, it has allowed the renaissance of Javon Kinlaw. And that is that five down linemen or the five, one uh, formation that, that he rolls out, especially on passing downs where they have five defensive linemen, where it's Armstead, Kinlaw and Hargrave on the interior, Jackson and Bosa on the, on the edge. And I have to wonder if, you know, again, a big part of this Cardinals offense is that zone read. It is the run game. They've run the ball, I, I believe, and, and I believe you tweeted this, Steph. They've, they've run the ball in, in a higher percentage of plays than any other team in the NFL. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if if they come out maybe with that five-down set and just dare Josh Dobbs to beat them through the air, and, and if he proves that he can, then they might have to adjust, which Steve Wilkes has also shown uh, a propensity to be good at with halftime adjustments, which I've appreciated because D'Amico was really elite at that as well. And so that, I think that's my biggest, uh, that's what I'm going to be looking for this Sunday, especially on the defensive side of the ball is does he employ that five down lineman look more, uh, especially if, if they are looking to stuff the run and whether that's successful or not. And if Javon Kinlaw continues to uh, experience this, this renaissance that he's experienced, where I believe the only interior defensive lineman with more pressures than Javon Kinlaw is Javon, Javon Hargrave, his teammate. And there's one other player, and I can't remember who it is. It's not Chris Jones because he didn't play week one. Um, I can't remember who it is right now. But uh, yeah, it's it's been exciting because you know you got you want to root for guys like Kinlaw, right? Where he's just been injured, and that's been the biggest issue is just his inability to stay healthy. For the first off season in his career, he's been fully healthy, and and now you're seeing dividends on the field. So kudos to Javon Kinlaw for that as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's interesting you bring that up. Like I, I do think it, it has been very successful and I do want to see more of it. I, I just wonder, like the one thing I've noticed is with Kinlaw, like he's really only been there on the obvious passing downs. And so like, they really have him in there is just like to, to get pressure on the quarterback in this case, like if you're going to have the threat of the run, like they, you have to be on your toes about like all game, like, it like would that work because i mean i think in the preseason we saw kinlaw kind of getting pushed around and in run defense and so maybe that's why they have him just in primarily as a as a pass rusher he has lost a lot of weight because like that's that's another thing too to be mindful of like i i don't know if he has like the same body type to really be like a great run stuffer that he you know, probably was drafted for before. Um, and so really what's working is him being used as a pass rusher. 
Um, but, you know, I, I did at first think maybe they were doing that a lot against the Giants to kind of seal off any running lanes because, you know, Daniel Jones, he's a threat to scramble. And if he saw any like hole open up, he would, he would take it. Right. And so you kind of have that same threat with Dobbs as well. So one extra guy in there, there's less room to to run, right? Especially when you have like Hargrave and Armstead too, both all those guys can penetrate and, and create pressure. So um yeah, like interesting. I, I don't I don't know like if they'll really use it more in this game just for that reason of like run, but like it, it is interesting. I guess that is one thing I'll keep an eye on as well. But yeah, we, we haven't really seen like a Steve Wilkes defense try to, I guess on the 49ers with this personnel stop like a mobile quarterback. I don't really think the giants game was any type of preview of that. It didn't even look like the giants and, and Jones was, were trying to run um, any zone reads. So we, we haven't seen it. So it'll be interesting to see how they try to defend it in this one. Can you imagine being an offensive line and and seeing those five dudes come out and line up across from you? <laughs> got to be that D line is know, just loaded, just yeah, loaded. You know you're bringing your lunch pail. So, guys, I do want to shout out to Christian McCaffrey, who won his third uh, player offensive player of the month. He's tied with Derrick Henry for the most among active running backs, and he actually won it in December of 2022 with the Niners too. So that's basically. Two months in a row, right? Did they give one? For, I don't even know if they gave one for January or not last year, but I, I feel like it. it's basically two months in a row. He's the second 49er to win the Offensive Player of the Month award multiple times, uh, joining Steve Young, who won it six times. And he surpasses John Elway and Andrew Luck for the most uh, ever from a Stanford player. So thanks to NFL Communications for that. But again, McCaffrey just, we were talking about it, I think it was last show, Steph. We were saying, do you remember when the Lakers traded for Chris Paul and the NBA was just like, no, we can't do that. Like, yeah. we kind of feel like the NFL would, if they could go back in time, they would just kind of be like, you guys, you guys can't do that. I saw something came up recently that ESPN gave the trade a C minus when the Niners got McCaffrey, yeah. which I don't think I had seen. And I was reading it and they're like, they're going to regret this. It's probably the most comical thing I've ever read when you see like this guy was just a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan. And if, the, if we could go back in time, I think the league would find a way to, uh, to not make that happen. I, I get like, you know, the skepticism of some people who, you know, gave that trade a poor grade, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey did struggle with like health in his career at some points. And, you know, the 49ers always struggling with health themselves. So in that aspect, I understand. And they did give up a lot of picks for him, but you see what they're getting with him and you see how well he fits in this offense. It makes a ton of sense. Right. And I still pinch myself every so often. Cause I'm like, wow, like Christian McCaffrey, he's really a 49er. Right. Like I remember that draft and just like hoping that the 49ers would take him, uh, you know, obviously they ultimately didn't, but, the, and now maybe it's for the better. Cause like now he's at a point where this team is loaded and he gets to join it at, you know, he's still at a good point in his career and, man, hopefully chase a ring, right? And and hopefully get a ring. So he's he's been incredible. And I also want to mention that in this game, he has the opportunity to, you know, get two franchise records. Think about that. Like he hasn't even been with the team that long and he's already like smashing some <laughs> franchise records uh, that Jerry Rice holds currently. The, the touchdown one, the consecutive touchdown one, and he's at uh, 12 
consecutive games with a touchdown right now. Um, as you know, that's the record that Jerry Rice currently he's tied with. He has one on Sunday and he, he, he owns that record. So that's incredible. And also the other one that Jerry Rice currently owns in the team's first three games, um, Jerry Rice in 1989, he had at least a hundred scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey's also done that in the 49ers first three games this season. So if he's able to do that for a fourth game on Sunday, he, he would own that record. So I think it's pretty incredible that going into this game, and I absolutely think he's capable of getting that record. Um, both of those on Sunday, like it's just incredible what he's been able to do for this team with and for this team. Like I'll, I'll say both. I, th- I think um, both have been really incredible. Does he have a does he have a touchdown in every game that he's started with the 49ers? I'd have to look. Might. It's got to be close. Yeah, yeah it's got to be close because like for him wild. to like have 12 consecutive games and that that is including the postseason. Um, don't yeah, it's got to be close. Have to look. It has to be close. All right, you guys. What are we thinking for final scores here? What are what are the predict? What do we got for predictions? Uh, so I'm thinking that, you know, the 49ers have been scoring 30 points in every one of their games. It's pretty incredible on its own, having the same exact score of three straight games. Uh, but we, we also acknowledge that there's still some room for improvement. So I, I think they they fix at least some of their red zone woes a little bit in this one. I, I'm going to give them 34, okay? I'm going to give them 34, and I'm going to give the Cardinals uh, 16. I I want to do two things here. One, also got to draw attention to our boy Jake Moody, the best third-round pick in NFL history. Whoa. Three for three on field goals in every game that he's played so far. Three for three in point-after attempts. I'm going to go – I'm going to say that he's going to get three field goals again, but I'm also going to say that the 49ers know they've left meat on the bone. Again, I think this is Kyle Shanahan uh, saying to Jonathan Gannon, see, I would have kicked your ass if my quarterback did not get injured. And so I'm going to say that they add an additional touchdown to what they've done the previous three weeks. And so I'm going to say that this score is going to be the 49ers 37 and the Cardinals. I'm going to say I'm going to give the Cardinals 20, 37 to 20. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same. They're going to score 30-something, right? 33, 34. I'm kind of think it'll be around there. And I'll say the Cardinals get 17. I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for them. It may be close early, but again, the Niners are, are just going to be too much for them. So I think it's going to be another easy, easy game, and then it's going to be 4-0 going into the huge showdown with the Cowboys, which is a game I can't wait for. Um, Sunday night, it's going to be it's just going to be a gigantic Sunday night game. So before we get out of here, I do want to thank everybody. So August was the second most downloads we've ever had in the history of the show. So I want to say thank you to everybody for downloading the show and listening to the show. And if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, please do that. Um, and like I said, even if you think we suck, subscribe and see what stupid shit we're going to say next. And just keep listening. So we just really appreciate you guys. Steph, really appreciate the time you did. You were awesome today. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, uh, pretty much on every you know major social platform. I am Steph forty nine K. That is Steph with a P H, and four nine K. 
you know, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all of them. Insta- I said Instagram already. Um, yeah, yeah, all those stuff, 49K. So, um, and I have my own podcast, as you guys mentioned, 49 Carrots Podcast. Um, upload shows or do live streams on YouTube. Um, and you could also find that on wherever you stream your platforms. I mean, wherever you stream your podcast. See, I'm not, I'm not great Whatever at this, platform. guys. I, I told yeah. you guys, I'm not, hey. I'm not good at this. No worries. Hey, listen, also, if you're listening right now, follow Steph on social media, if for no other reason than for her absolute fire Nick Bosa impression videos, because those are fantastic. I, I've, we, I've been I've been begged to do more. I'm just like I don't want to like <laughs> joke, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we you, won't you, make you do it now. We won't ask yeah, you to no, do no, it no, now. No, just, no, no. just, just, just put up a good one. I was hoping you were gonna because I actually I watched them too. I think they're really funny. I was hoping you were gonna do one with the contract stuff. Um, I had some <laughs> I ideas. I'll shoot you ideas I, for skits. I did a couple. <laughs> I yeah, shoot me some. Um, actually, like sometimes I'm like I don't I don't know what to do, and then people do send me ideas, and I'm like, all right, yeah, that's a great idea. I'll do it. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. All right, we're out of here. For Steph and Brian, I'm Al. Later. You guys. One, two, three. One, two, three. Twenty-four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 